0: Scripture. I'm Marcus Grodie, your host for this program, and we're coming to you from the Coming Home Network studios. And uh, again, thank you, especially those of you that have sent us emails and and Twitter uh, tweets and connected with us on Journey, the Facebook page, to let us know that you've enjoyed this program. And and I know that uh, particularly you've enjoyed the guests as they've shared their scriptures uh, that have been important in their lives. If you want to know more about our work. If you're new to us, you can go to chnetwork.org or you can connect with us on Facebook. Uh, as I've mentioned in the past, this particular uh, series of programs were focusing on hard verses, uh, which, uh, as I've mentioned in the past, when I was a Protestant pastor, I categorized most scriptures into three categories. Those which were uh, clear, those which were cloudy, and those that were stormy. And the clear ones were scriptures that I, I just figured they needed no additional explanation. Uh, they were clear in themselves. The cloudy verses were a little more difficult, and we'd often get questions from parishioners about the verses, and I'd have to think a bit and then fit them into my theology. And then once I had a good explanation, then I never thought about them again. I just passed on that explanation. But there were stormy verses or hard verses that I always felt uncomfortable with. I loved Christ and and loved scripture and but there were verses that I didn't have a clear explanation for or that I knew that other Christians of different traditions had different explanations and we could never agree on what they meant so they were hard verses and some of those scriptures I kept way up on a shelf somewhere and never preached on and that's what we're focusing on in this series of deep in scripture programs and to do this, I'm not the expert, I've invited the experts to join me on the program. And uh, joining me today is a good friend, it's someone I've looked forward to having on the program, it's been a long time, Jeff Say Hello, Jeff.
1: It's good to be with you, Marcus. It
0: is, it's always good to join you, Jeff, though it's been a while. Yeah, and uh, I have great,
1: great memories of the years we we shared a house with others down in Birmingham.
0: That's right and uh, that was weekly for how many years i mean that was three or six. four six years yeah.
1: well three three for me going back and forth and i lived there for three years too yeah.
0: well i know this coming summer will be the 20th anniversary of when you were with me we were on johnette's program together right right and that's what began yeah. at my connection with mother yeah. really and that's this is the 20th year
1: isn't that something <laughs> You wait, you wait. You're going to be 51 of these days. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, my friend. Um, but it's also a time as we both uh, have that mixture of mourning and yeah. uh, celebration for our good friend, Mother Angelica. Yeah, uh,
1: it Meant an awful lot to both of us. And uh, we, we uh, owe a great debt, you know, to her generosity.
0: That's right. And what can we say? We wouldn't be doing what we're doing today if it hadn't been for her serendipitous invitation for us to be involved with her.
1: No, and, and you know, and it was something to you too, and you probably don't remember all the details, but when I was making my journey back into the Catholic Church, you, you were one of uh, yeah. one of three calls I made, you know, and Bishop Dudley was the first, and he told me to call you, and he knew you, and I <laughs> called you, and I found out there was someone else in this predicament. <laughs> exactly,
0: and we continue to keep doing that. I mean, that's right. that's why the Coming Home Networks here, Although our, our focus is slightly different, I know you'll appreciate it, Jeff, in that our our primary goal in the Coming Home Network is to help non-Catholic Christians discover the beauty of the Catholic Church. Right. And if they desire to, to come deeper into the Church, that's up to the Holy Spirit. But our goal is to stand beside them and tell them in every right. way that you we know, can. You do.
1: A, you do a fantastic job. A lot of fruit out there. A lot of fruit.
0: Well, you know, as you mentioned that, you do too. And before we get to our scripture, just in case there's somebody out there listening that isn't familiar with you or the work you do, tell them about what you do, Jeff, and how they could contact you. Sure. Well, I'm pretty
1: much involved with uh, Great Adventure Bible Study, the Bible Timeline. It's a 24-week uh, walk through the entire Bible. as a narrative, uh, and it's for everybody, beginners as well as advanced students. And then there's a short version called Unlocking the Mystery of the Bible, and that is an eight-half-hour session walk through the the entire Bible and uh, so I do Bible study, uh, uh, writing books, you know, always working on something. And my wife and I enjoy a partnership in taking people to Israel on a regular basis. So next January will be my fiftieth five wow. zero trip to the Holy Land, where I love to go over there and teach Scripture right on the stage. You know,
0: fifty trips. I can't imagine it. That's uh, yeah. that's that's wild. Yeah, and it's got to mean a lot to you for all the, the many reasons we could think about, but because you're so committed to recognizing that that line of salvation history throughout scripture as well as our faith to be there in israel to, to help it come alive for the people that come with you
1: yeah i get a- i asked often you know do you ever get tired of this the, the truthful answer is no i don't and the reason is is that looking in the eyes of the people who they get it it's it's come alive it, it's payday for me i just i love it and it's it's a personal retreat every every year a couple times so.
0: All right, well thank you Jeff, and thank you yep. for a website. Jeffcavens.com.
1: it's pretty easy, just Jeffcavens.com.
0: Okay, thank you Jeff. Yep. Um, what we're gonna do in our short time today is uh, I've asked you for uh, a verse that fits in the category of hard verses. Mm-hmm. And we ran a through, a, 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 over a few, but you mentioned one that just makes all the sense in the world because it connects with mm-hmm. some of the books you've written. But uh, share with the audience the verse that uh, is a hard one that you want to discuss today. Sure.
1: Well, I think it's one of the hardest, you know, and it's uh, Colossians one twenty four, which says, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and I fill up in my body that which is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. Yeah. So that's, that's the scripture I'm going to give you today, and I think that's one of the most difficult.
0: <laughs> and let me reiterate that verse again for the audience, because what I want them to hear is that there are layers of difficulty, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a number of things. Number one, now I rejoice in my sufferings. Just that alone.
1: That's a big deal right
0: there. So right there, (laughs) so think about that. Number two, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Mm -hmm. Now, wait a second, What, what does that mean? And what we're gonna address is how, from your previous theology, what you did with that. Number two, in my flesh, I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Wait a second. Yeah, I thought, lacking. What do you mean something's lacking? What's that all about? <laughs> I thought it was yeah, complete. You, yeah, I only did 98%. Okay. Number four, in my flesh, I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. Yeah. Now, what's that connection? Yeah. Uh, and he says, and that is the church so i mean there are the layers and let's then take a step back and how did you understand this verse back when you were an assembly of god pastor? or uh, yes
1: yeah sure i was i was associated with the assembly of god at open bible the churches that i pastored for 12 years two of them were uh, akin to joel Osteen in that type of church
0: Oh, uh, I didn't know the, that particular connection. Yes. Okay. Yeah. In
1: fact, I worked with his father and uh, John Osteen a little bit. Wow. But um, so it was that that's that's where we came from. So when I looked at Colossians one twenty four, I'm like you in some ways, and that is that I kind of looked the other way because um, uh, I, I just simply didn't know how to explain it. And part of the problem was the the basic theology that I came out of, which was uh, out of Christ for the Nations Institute in Dallas, Texas, uh, Rama Bible Institute in. Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, kind of a word of faith background, uh, charismatic background, and and that gospel basically judged your spirituality based on uh, how healthy you were, you know, sickness, um, what you might have in terms of you're the head and not the tail, the gold, um, and those types of things. That, well, I didn't I didn't subscribe to it. This particular scripture flew in the face of that entire uh, way of interpreting scripture, and that is that that God wants me to basically have all my needs met and uh, no problems at all. And, that, and it really came down to there's two ways of looking at our relationship with Jesus, you know, as the church. One, which is kind of what I subscribe to, and that is that Jesus is the intercessor. No, no problem there. He is the one intercessor between God and man. He is the king. Uh, he's the judge. He's the counselor. He's the physician. He suffered for the sins of the world, and he died for the for the sins of the world. He did all of that, and and he's that's unique. He did that, and then my role now is to receive the benefits of it. It's not a participatory thing at all. It's I receive the benefits of it. So I'm a king's kid. So I I can have what I say. Um, uh, I, I, God wants me to be doing very well, so that I can bless others and, and so forth. And the problem with that, though, is that it's, it's, it's just not biblical at no. all. In fact, it's it's actually the opposite of that. And that's the Catholic view that I stumbled upon as I came back to the church. And then also, I was uh, I was afflicted. I, I encountered some severe pain with a neck a neck injury that that really made me wrestle with this. And I suddenly realized that. Yeah, Jesus did all of those things, but he shares all of that, everything, you name it, intercessory role. He shares it with the church. He's the great great high priest. He shares the priestly role. He's the the shepherd. He gives us shepherds. He suffered for us, yet he says, you've got a part to play, and we can go even beyond that. Uh, if If we have a problem with suffering, let's go beyond it. He asks you to die to yourself.
0: Yeah, you know, that, you know, pick, up, pick up your trots. I, I, and I'm going to back you up just a second because a couple things. Um, you and I would not have been... We might have been friends. We would not have been compatriots back then because of our theologies. No. And I wouldn't... I, as a Presbyterian pastor more of an evangelical, I was of the theology of kind of the English G.I. Packer, John Stott, that was my theology. Um, C.S. Lewis, that was more my. Piper. Yeah, that was it. And uh, the Dutch reformed folk. Now, my point is, I would have looked at health and wealth gospel people as borderline um, cultish,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I wouldn't have known how to deal. There's an example of hard verses. I wouldn't, you and I would have been looking at verses in scripture, n- not just this one. You and I would have had a problem with this verse you're talking about completely, but for d- completely different reasons. Right. You, I would have been problem with, I didn't know what to do with suffering anyway, mm-hmm. but the, the incompleteness of Christ's afflictions was counter to my theology. For you, it was, wait a second, you know, we aren't supposed to suffer. We're, yeah. we're supposed to be healthy and wealthy. And, but what I want to ask, even for the audience, is sometimes when we look at health and wealth preachers on TV like Joel or I'm not sure if that's his complete theology now. I just heard one the other day who was using the verses where, you know, Jesus says uh, that we'll do even more than he did now mm-hmm. in John 14. Emphasizing that, that we have this power, it's in us. What's holding us back is our own lack of confidence. We should be able to do anything, go out there and mm-hmm. do it. And he, my question for you, Jeff you were in that camp to some extent. Mm-hmm. To some extent, yeah. The sincerity of their love for Jesus Christ, the sincerity. That's what yeah, I want.
1: It's unquestionable. Um, Joel Osteen loves Jesus, and, and all these people that I worked with. They they are devoted to Jesus. It's a it's a mental, physical, emotional attachment to Jesus in every single way, and I don't I don't doubt their sincerity. They want more of Christ. They want to be with Christ. They love Him, um, and uh, they have a way of approaching the Scriptures that lacks the tradition and the larger perspective, which becomes myopic and very American, actually. Yeah,
0: and, and th- to me, I really wanted to make that point, and I'm glad you said that because. Mm-hmm. A lot of our viewers, they, they they don't understand this theology, they don't understand, they they know that it it's contrary to not only the Catholic position, but many other positions, and so we end up questioning the sincerity. And the point is no, that's not the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem isn't the sincerity. In fact, from that standpoint, the grace was there. Right. You know, the fact that they had faith in Christ is proof of grace, is proof sure. of the changed life, the proof right. of the of the um, the work of god in their lives but, mm-hmm. but that also demonstrate that we need guidance yeah. yeah and you do need guidance
1: and part of the problem with that with that theology and that, that world view of scripture is that it lacks a larger perspective and that being the tradition of the church and the history of the church which once you you broaden your perspective this scripture makes perfect sense and in fact not only does it make sense it becomes a scripture that is a real encouragement, and it, it really brings tremendous meaning to, you, to your life. But if you don't have that, uh, you've got to try to make sense out of it. And I'll be honest with you, I never made sense out of it. I figured that the answer was was along the lines of St. Augustine, that is, if you don't get it, put it on the back burner. Someday it might make sense, and it's probably a spiritual thing that I'm just kind of missing,
0: you know. I was just, another verse came to mind that you mu- you and I might have differed on many years ago. Uh, that verse in Isaiah, by his stripes, we are healed. You know, I took that verse to mean sin.
1: And I took it to mean physical healing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, audience, are you hearing what we're saying here? I mean, it's just—it's a clear verse, but two whole (laughs) theological traditions of sincere believing Christians guided by grace, Mm -hmm. yet because of our theological backgrounds, we take the same verse to mean radically different things that put us on different sides of the fence but yet we both love Christ and we love scripture and have dedicated our lives to follow him.
1: Yep, totally. And we would have had a barbecue together.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So this this verse you avoided. Again, again, let me read it again for the audience. Now, and I'm reading the RSV. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. And that is the church. And, you know, Jeff, you did mention that one of the steps for you in, in uh, having a different perspective on this very verse was the fact that you did encounter suffering.
1: I did. I did. What, what happened was my neck, my C-6-7 in my neck was ruptured, and I went through nine months of just agony, I mean, pure agony. And it ended up with me passing out on the way to EWTN uh, to go to the airport, and I woke up with medics on top of me, trying paramedics trying to get me to breathe again. Wow. And my it had actually split in my neck. But the mm-hmm. nine months up to that point were really spent uh, wrestling with this scripture, with God, and what what does this mean? Because I think that you know if if you if you can't attach meaning to your suffering, you can go into despair. But if you can attach meaning to your suffering, you can go through anything. And so the key for me began to really began to 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 be to understand the suffering of Christ and the meaning of the suffering of Christ and what he what he did for me. And, and I think that many of us can agree on that and what what the suffering of Christ means to us in terms of salvation, heaven, so forth. The the disconnect is, well, why am I had, Why do I have to do it? You know, I mean, he he died on the cross, yet he said you pick up your cross and follow me. And I'm thinking, no, no, you, you did this, so I wouldn't have to do this, didn't you? And and, and and that's a presupposition that it's faulty. It's actually faulty. And the broader perspective of the Catholic Church helps us understand this, and it gets back to what I was saying earlier, and that is, yeah, Jesus did everything, but we don't, we're not separate from that and just receivers, you know, like spoiled kids. You know, my dad works all day, and I get an allowance, you know, type of thing. <laughs> But, but he did all of that, yet he shares every aspect of that with us, because we are the body of Christ. we're not separate from him. We truly are the body of Christ. So what he went through, we go through. So he shares his intercessory role in all of these things, but he also shares his suffering. and it was St it was John Paul II that really made this you know, oh, you know clear to me along with Saint Augustine. and Saint Augustine asked the question, what, what could possibly be lacking? in the sufferings of christ i mean you and i know and i'm sure many of our our, our listeners viewers right now would, would admit just that phrase kind of makes you go Ugh. i mean yeah. <laughs> what's lacking in the sufferings of christ i mean did he get to heaven and say father i don't know how to explain it but we only did 98 you know someone's uh-huh. going to have to make up the deficit here. <laughs> so, so what could possibly be lacking And saint john paul ii asked the same question and, and what saint augustine said was what is lacking is the suffering of the mystical body of Christ. And that begs the question, but why would we be called on to suffer with Christ if his suffering is sufficient for salvation for the world? And I think St. John Paul II answers that. He says that in order that you might come to know the love of God and to really know what love is, which is sacrificial outpouring of yourself, uh, he has made room in his suffering for you to participate and that suffering can even be used to help other other people in other words we are working with jesus and our suffering is made new you know every, all things are new in christ and uh and paul wrote, wrote this to the romans in 828 he said we know that all things work together for the good to those who love god and are called according to his purpose. That means all things. That means my suffering has value because I'm in Christ now and I get to participate in this, to a small degree, in this in this salvation, salvation work of, of his. So in other words, I get to feel and experience the love of God which saved me. I get to feel that and I get to work with him. And that. That's where the the value comes in, is that your suffering is tremendously valuable if it's in Christ and if you are united to Jesus.
0: Jeff, would you say, and of course you teach this walk, your your whole program, you do the- The the, um, Great Adventure. The Great Adventure. I keep wanting to say Mm -hmm. walk through the Bible, that's another-
1: That's uh, that's Wilkinson.
0: uh, Yeah, that's Wilkinson, the the Great Adventure. I'm wondering, given your own discovery of uh, the great adventure and and the proclamation of that, was there something about discovering, rediscovering the actual teachings of Christ versus the teachings of Paul? Because very often as Protestants, we more emphasize Paul's teachings Mm -hmm. because we, we were often uncomfortable with the things that Christ was saying like in a Sermon on the Mount and that, and I'm and I, I'm wondering if there's a little bit of that because when I hear the Sermon on the Mount, almost everything he says in the Sermon on the Mount is about suffering. Right. It's all about not the suffering that we passively receive, but the, the suffering that we actively choose mm-hmm. in detaching ourselves from the world, detaching ourselves from things, choosing a simpler life uh choosing perfection which means setting aside a whole bunch of things we really want to hold on to there's a that kind of suffering that's what christ was teaching about from beginning to end
1: yeah and you 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 mentioned the beatitudes and that's that's a good launching point for the that's the part of this discussion in the old testament um i would liken israel to be in some ways like a teenager you know um the there's incentive for following God there's a reward and that's typically an outward award it's, it's the gold if you're the head you're not the tail it's it's the land you know and so forth when you come to the new testament the reward is not land and gold and um, influence or anything else the reward is Christ himself that that is your reward and and so when you read the beatitudes you're really looking at Jesus and who Jesus was and we rejoice in these things. We get to participate with him, and, and he is the reward, and we get to love as he loves, and we get to minister as he ministers, and we get to go on the mission with him in the world. But if you don't see Christ as the reward, you'll look for an outward reward, which is is kind of teenage in comparison to being an adult. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah it's sadly, when you say that, in a sense that when you you look at those huge audiences that come and fill the sanctuaries of the health and wealth gospel people and you look at them mm-hmm. and the way they're responding mm-hmm. it sadly does have more of a teenager adolescent yeah. response
1: it it does and that doesn't as you said earlier it doesn't doubt their sincerity at all i mean they love god and 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 they and they want more they want more of god but but they're they're going for the wrong thing and yeah. what you want to go for is you want to go for for Jesus and a complete union with him and identification with him. And you want to be formed to Jesus Christ so that when we walk out in society, we're at work with our family and our neighbors, people literally are encountering, encountering Jesus inside of us. And and, uh, and that makes a, a big difference. So as Catholics, we really do have something to do with, with our weakness and with our with our suffering. You know, Paul, he went through suffering. And he even went to the Lord in Second Corinthians chapter uh, twelve, verse nine, and he said, basically, Lord, remove this from yeah. me. And when the Lord said, hmm, he said Paul, my grace, which is the, the the life of the Trinity, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. And so for us, weakness in our lives is an opportunity for Christ to spring forth and to. Uh, show himself strong in, in, our, in our lives. And so the afflictions that we go through are, I think, necessary. And Peter brings this out in the first epistle. He brings it out over and over. He says, uh, Rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. And so uh, over and over in the scripture, we're told, Do you want to share in the glory? Well, you're going to also share in the suffering of, of Christ too, which has meaning.
0: In fact, I'm going to ask you if you would. There's another very hard verse. It's hard. Another one of Paul's verses that's hard because I know that I referred to this verse and I quoted it, but there's a section in it that I avoided because of its hardness. And Jeff, talk about Romans 8. You mentioned Romans 8:28, but let's also mention Romans 8:16 and 17. Sure. When when Paul says. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is the Spirit Himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him, in order that we may also be glorified with Him.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then he goes on and says that he considers that the sufferings of the present time aren't worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed. In us, Paul knows something that many of us in America today don't know. We don't get, and that is, that is that he knows that suffering in your life produces something. It produces something if you if you are in Christ, and that something is what we really, really desire, which is uh, the glory of God and to to be in the in the presence in the presence of God. And we are fellow heirs with Christ. That means we're going to inherit heaven. Lord willing, we're going to make it, and we're going to make our permanent home in, in heaven, um, provided, though, that we also identify with him in his work here on earth, in his suffering. And, and that's the part that we don't, want, we don't want to do because we don't think that there's any meaning in it. Um, we just Once again, we just want to be heirs. I just want my inheritance, and I want part of it now, and I'll take the rest later. Thank you very much. But I really don't care to live like you. You know, I, I want the benefits of it, but I don't want to live like you, because that will, that will entail picking up my cross, and it's not 24 carat, and following you. And, and that's, that's the hard part, you know, but it's also the place of intimacy. You know, Pope John Paul II, uh, as we, we call him now St. John Paul II, he said, and this is very important, he wrote about this in his document called Salvifici Dolores. Yeah. In paragraph 27, he said, it is suffering more than anything else. And when a Pope says that, it's like, whoa, it's <laughs> suffering more than anything else, which clears the way for grace, which transforms human souls. So the, the, and, and I, I coupled that with something else he said that's very powerful. He said suffering must serve for conversion. So for us as Catholics, suffering serves a purpose here. It's not a waste. It's not just putting up with life. Uh, many people when they when they encounter suffering they they blame other people, they run, they self medicate you know they do a lot of things that are not very positive and very hurtful, but for us, you know it serves for conversion that is for the rebuilding of goodness in the subject. so it has tremendous power and tremendous opportunity to do in you what you really, deep down inside, want, which is to be more like Jesus.
0: Yeah, Jeff, and I remember, it's, this is powerful. I, I look back again, I look at all the different Christian traditions out there and how they understand salvation, and I was of the ilk, once saved, always saved. That was my particular theology that I was a part of, and I preached and I taught. And it wasn't until I looked back, later to see that, in some ways, that idea of evangelization is kind of a pyramid system. I mean, in other words, you get people to surrender to Christ. Once they've surrendered to Christ, they're saved, and now their only goal is to get other people to be saved, and then other people be saved. That's what it was about. But there wasn't much, what do you do now, you know, in terms of growing deeper into Christ? There wasn't a lot, because we believe once you're saved, you're always saved. Yes, and you're,
1: not a lot lo- to do after that.
0: Yeah, in your particular tradition, mm-hmm. once you're saved, now it's benef- get the benefits.
1: Yeah, yeah, show it the world. You know, who you belong healthy belong and, to.
0: you know, and, uh, I forget the, was it, I forget one of the pastors says, you know, don't have Volkswagen faith, have Cadillac faith, you know, that whole exactly. idea. Well, these emphasize the things that Paul said forgetting what lies behind, I press onward. Or John the Baptist, he must increase, I must decrease. Our Lord, we must be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Uh, James talking about not the things of this world but the things of heaven. I mean, all this moving forward to where we're letting go of ourselves and it isn't about us. That's the point I wanted to end with, Jeff, in this verse. It's not about us. It's that I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. In my mm-hmm. flesh I what was lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. That is the church. Talk about that, that key aspect, this outward outwardness of our faith and our suffering for the sake of those in the, in the body of Christ?
1: Sure. Well, it, it gives meaning to our suffering to know that, number one, okay, I've got a broken arm. It's either just a broken arm and a fact of life and an un, unfortunate incident in my life, or it is an opportunity to, to enter into the mystery of suffering and to, uh, to use that for the benefit of others, or what I like to call heavenly cash you know, that that, uh, it was uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen who said that hospitals are filled with wasted suffering. Uh, People don't do anything with it. But see, that's contrary to what even most of our Protestant brothers and sisters believe, and that is that my life is not an accident. All of my life has meaning. Christ redeemed all of my life. He didn't say, I got you know 70% of it and the other 30% that you don't like that's less than ideal living. You're just going to have to kind of put up with that. No, it's all, it is all used for the glory of God. And here's the beautiful thing is that we can even use this for other people. St. John Paul II says that we can even identify and say, this is for my daughter or for my marriage or for for our parish or for our you know, our, our, our in-laws or whatever it might be, we can offer up that 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 suffering. You know, the, the ultimate in suffering is the fear of death. Hmm. That's the ultimate. I mean, we're, yeah, give me a broken leg, but don't break my heart. <laughs> you know, the, the moral suffering, as the church calls it, moral suffering, the the heart. But I love what uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen says about death and dying, which is, let's be honest, I can deal with a broken leg, but I don't particularly want it. Die, you know, and I don't okay. want to go through the, the thing of death. And he says, well, why is it that we are so afraid of death? Why is it? Well, number one, it's not what it doesn't come natural. We're not we're really, really not made to die. We're, we're made to live forever, you know, as eternal beings. But I love his second part of his answer. He says, what we said, what are we so afraid of when it comes to dying? He said, we're so afraid of dying because we haven't practiced for it. In other words, it is such an odd thing and a a thing that we have pushed away Mm. suffering, dying, discomfort. I have nothing to do with it, that we literally have not practiced. And so he said, well, how do you practice dying? Well, Paul says, I die daily. You know, I lay down my life for you, my brother, and for my family and my children, and I die daily. So that when that day comes, when I do die, it's almost like you can say, been there, done that. <laughs> I, I die all the time, and 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 I'm living for Christ. You know, like Paul says to the Galatians, he says I, um, uh, uh, he, he says that 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 he the life that he's now living in the flesh, he lives by faith in the Son of God. He said, yeah. "It's not me who lives, but Christ who lives in me." In the life which I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered Himself up for me. So, Paul has this perspective of um, I died. Yeah. I, I died and now I'm living. Christ is living through me in every aspect of his life. He's living through me, including suffering and including the cross. I was going to say every
0: time that we enter the sanctuary and we dip our fingers in baptismal water and we cross ourselves, that's a reminder that I have been crucified with Christ. It's No longer yeah. I live. That's what it's about. That And you're practicing. Yeah, that's our life. And and well, Jeff, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you. Oh, it's good. Once again, what is the name of John Paul's book, which is basically a Bible study on this verse?
1: Yeah, he's got a small, a small booklet called Salvifici Dolores. Salvifici Dolores, on the, it's on, the English name is On the Meaning of Human yep. Suffering. It belongs in every family because right. parents, you know, you've got a great opportunity to teach your children. Mm-hmm.
0: And you've written at least one, if not two books on the issue of suffering.
1: I did. I did. I wrote the latest one. is called When You Suffer, Biblical Keys for Hope and Understanding by Servant. And I wrote one earlier, um, Amazing Grace for Those Who Suffer, which is really 10 people's stories like, right. um, um, uh, you know, people who cancer, people really? who have migraine headaches, lost children. Thomas Howard's in there tremendous uh, migraine headaches he has gone through for years and he talks about how it has become redemptive.
0: All right, thanks Jeff. Everyone else, also jeffcavens.com if you want to connect with Jeff, thank you. Oh,
1: so good to talk to you.
0: It's good to see you. Hope that we can join together again quickly. Thank you for joining us on Deep in Scripture, all of you. And again, if you have any questions that you'd like to send on to Jeff or that we can answer about anything we might bring up in the program, please. Send those to questions at deepinscripture.com. You can find out more about our work at chnetwork.org. You can visit visit us on Facebook and Twitter. Again, thank you for joining us. God bless you. Look forward to being with you again next week.